the NFL Draft. News on number four. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. The final hour of the show on a Friday afternoon. Baseball is starting. Spring training baseball is starting. D-backs first pitch in just a few minutes. Wolf. How sweet is that right there, man? Here we go. Uh, for the Cardinals. National League is... champions. Just want to get that out there once again. Don't say <laughs> defending. You're not defending anything. You're National League champions. When are they defending? When the season starts or no? No. They you're, just, you're, you aren't ever. You, you are the National League champions. Okay. You're, you're, you don't have to say reigning. You don't, you are the National League champions. You don't have to say reigning, but I kind of like reigning. Why? I just reigning the over the reign. league. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this you're is ruling. my National League. I see. Uh, all right. To football, though. Daniel Jeremiah on that conference call talking about what the Cardinals may or may not do at the top of the draft. He also talked about what they could do at pick number 27. Uh, here it is. So if we're going to go off that premise that they stick and pick and take the wide out there at four, um, then you look at where they're picking there at the bottom of the first round. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance you pick a 27. You want to slide out. Somebody wants to come back up. Maybe maybe it's for that you know, fifth or sixth quarterback. If we, you know, for some reason, we go on this quarterback run and somebody wants to come up to get the extra year. Uh, I know every year I feel like we talk about that and it, doesn't really happen very often where teams come back up for that guy. So, you know, maybe it's not as realistic, but if that opportunity were to present itself, uh, knowing, you know, you want to grab some interior offensive linemen, corners, you know, guys like that, yeah. I mean, I think there's interior offensive line and corners at the top of second round. You're going to have starting level players there. Yeah, you know, the other part I would add to that, too, is it, let's say you just go receiver at four. Right, and then you have pick twenty seven, and there's a corner that you want, and he's going to be gone at twenty four, and you know it. I mean, you could move up to twenty three. You could package twenty seven with a third rounder. You've got a bunch of assets that you could trade to to move up. You don't have to package twenty seven and thirty five. You could do twenty seven with a third rounder. You twenty seven with a pick next year. I mean, I don't look at money Austin Ford as guy who trades up. I yeah. look at him as guy who trades down, so he can have seventy five picks in one draft. Exactly. But they have a lot of options. You know, the number 27 pick is interesting. Number four, I think, is pretty much slotted in for the most part. I, I do believe that. This is just me. Nobody's told me this. But I think if Marvin Harrison Jr. is there, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. That's just me. If they okay? don't, are we just going to ignore him on whatever team he's on for his entire career? Probably I not. Okay, I Probably might. Probably not. I because I, I imagine he's going to have an excellent career in the National Football League. But the only other option to that, I think... Is if he if he isn't there, I think they trade out. I think that's a real possibility. I think there will be somebody that covets something in that number four spot in this draft. Well, there'd be a quarterback for and sure. You no, know Monty is he's going to yeah. be more than willing to move back and collect another gaggle of picks right there. But having said that, the number twenty-seven pick overall, I'm not so sure that that is a pick they're going to want to trade out of. Because at number 27, what is the value, Basinonians, of having a first-round pick? What is it? The value is, okay, not only are you picking high, of course, but it's also a situation where you get control over that player for a fifth year, if you so desire. I thought you were looking for the specific point 
you know, like the point system because I have it. Oh, you what are you talking about? The Jimmy Johnson or yeah, yes, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yes, uh, six hundred eighty points. Six hundred eighty points pick. for the twenty seventh yeah. pick overall. Okay, yeah. interesting. More on this as a show unfolds. Eighteen hundred for the uh, fourth pick overall. Oh, Eighteen hundred. There's an awful lot there. Okay, um, but you get my point on this. That first round is valuable at yeah. the end of that first round. You'll see a lot of teams trying to move up to number 27, 29, 30, 31, because they want control of that guy for a fifth year. But you're saying the Cardinals would also want control, so they're probably less likely to trade out of the first round. You're going to have to offer them something really, really good. How many points was it, number 27? Uh, 680. 680. Well, so... we demand 1,000. <laughs> Well, uh, look, I mean, I mean, if you're in the position to make the call, you might as well make it. If you are in a in a spot where you took Harrison or, you know, neighbors or Odunze at four, it's also possible maybe a team would be trying to trade up into 27 to get like the sixth receiver off the board. Uh, and you wouldn't necessarily need them, obviously, if you just took somebody um, at four. I don't know. We'll um, we'll have to see. I, I tend to agree with you on that control thing. That's that's very important. But I think Monty will will answer the phone. What did he say the other day? Like the, his phone's on, basically oh, yeah. during the draft. Oh yeah, he's definitely going to answer the phone, and there will be people that are interested in number twenty seven. Not only because of who may be their base and earnings, but also again because of that control issue. Here's uh, Matt Miller when he was on with us earlier. We asked him about the possibility the Cardinals could go a different direction at four. And then still get a potential number one receiver at 27. Not super confident at 27. Okay. I think, man, we might see we might see a run on these dudes. You know, three could go in the top six, and then Brian Thomas Jr. Probably someone. It's one of those teams like Philly or Houston or Dallas probably takes him in the early 20s. So you're looking at Keon Coleman, Florida State, Xavier Worthy, or Adnai Mitchell from Texas. Good players, really good players. But they they don't project as that clear-cut number one like the top three guys do. So uh, that's a great question. It's an important part of building a board, especially for a team. Hey, if we go any other position at four, what does the wide receiver position look like at 27? And, you know, similarly, if we, okay, if we go receiver at four, you know, what, what are our secondary needs? Where do those, you know, stack up at 27? Or even as you get in deeper into the draft, trying to figure that out because, you know, corner is a big area of need defensive tackle edge those are all pretty big areas of need so you gotta you gotta really be aware especially with six picks in the top 90 keon coleman wide receiver florida state the six foot four 215 pound wideout is built like a legitimate x receiver he has good agility and explosion for his size possesses the ability to gain yards after the catch due to his mix of size and speed and is excellent at tracking the ball however he does not have the best deep route speed and can take too many steps to gather himself running routes nfl comp steelers receiver alan robinson Look at that. We got the first draft capsule of the year. So cool right now. Rick, (laughs) you ripped that off and did an excellent job on that, I might add. Do we have any other draft capsules? What would you do if I told you he did that live? What? What would you do if I told you he did that live? Um, He didn't do it. He didn't. That one was recorded. But you could have. But that one was. Um, I would have been very impressed. Yes. We should just start playing music and have Wolf do draft capsules. Um. 
Honestly, do we have Caleb Williams in his draft capsule? No, we have we your. Don't, we don't have that. We yet. have eleven. We oh, have your impression. They from aren't earlier. due until March 9th, but Jesse, oh, I Rick, see. the overachiever. Okay, there we go. That's what I like to see. How about Graham Barton? Has oh, anyone no, done a? You're voicing draft that one. Cap? Seriously? Yeah, uh, you should I just will... put together a montage of things Wolf has said about Graham Barton and yes, make that the draft capsule. He will beat your face in <laughs> playing while playing the game of football. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard a Wolf draft profile? Is there one? No. Robert Kindichi, defensive tackle, Ole Miss. At 6'3", 295 pounds, Kandichi can hold up at the point of attack and use his speed to make plays from the backside. He's a disruptor of the highest order. And when motivated, hunts his prey with such myopic focus, hardened NFL scouts cannot believe what they're seeing. But Robert Kandichi is not without blemish or stink. Scouts say he takes plays off, doesn't play up to his skill set, gets blocked by Barney the Dinosaur, and lacks a motor. Still, Kandichi's talent is beyond reproach. NFL comparison, Darnell Dockett physically and Aaron Donald athletically. Oh, based on earnings, first of all, I was just reading. That was not my <laughs> scouting report. Even the Barney so the know. Dinosaur part? That was not. No, I may have edited yeah, that. Yeah, it it's Listen, um, I was just reading, but can I just say... That Robert Kimdichi, that entire draft, I was saying, no way would I touch Kimdichi. There's no way in the world I would do that. 15, top 20, somewhere. All of a sudden, everyone thought Robert Kimdichi was going to be a top 10 pick. And he just kept falling and falling and falling. Number 29, the Arizona Cardinals. And I was like, I got up and I said, if I'm Steve Kime right now, I'm getting up and I'm walking around that table. Even though I wrote him off and said, there's no way I'm drafting Robert Kandichi. There he is at number 29. Yeah. That kind of talent. Wolf, I just wanted to say that your draft capsule yeah. was like the headliner of a show. You know, mine mine was good. It was like the opener. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh, you know, the, the opener was pretty good. Okay. But you're- then... Yours was like really good, and you're like, oh yeah, that's why I came to this concert. <laughs> I like the Barney the Dinosaur Rick. reference because Barney had size, so it's not like you can't. Yeah, he's, that's a big offensive lineman right there too. Look, Robert Kim Dietsch. Kim Dietsch, To be fair, I think a lot of people were like, all right, this guy's at 29. We'll see. Uh, we come back. Do the Phoenix Suns need to adopt that prove it mentality? Wolf likes to talk about, and uh, we got to play around to Kevin or Devin too. That's uh, all oh, next. No. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, right back at it tonight. Kevin or Devin and Bradley Beal is likely not playing this game. So a little more pressure on Kevin and Devin tonight. Um, Over the last six games, by the way, Wolf, since you're the stat guy. Devin Booker has led the Suns in scoring three times. Kevin Durant has led the Suns in scoring three times. Okay. You actually won last night. No, I don't not? like that tone at all. Yes. What I do mean, you mean? You actually, actually won. I, I prefer to think of it as undefeated since the All-Star break. It's kind of shocking, as a matter of fact. Luke won and Kevin or Devin. Rick also won. We closed oh, the gap Rick. on you elitists well. at the top. Okay, so what is the record, Mal? So you and I are tied 8-8. Eight eight. Okay. 
Then it's Rick at 5 and 11. Okay. And then Luke, 4 and 12. All right, see? Okay, Look 4 at and that. 12, man. We're coming around right now. And what's the record since the All-Star break? Luke, 1 and 0. Yeah. Rick, 1 and 0. You and Aaron Owen. Yeah, but nobody keeps it from the All-Star break. Well, it's one of 27 does. games. That's how I keep it. These, these games are bigger. These games should all be worth two because they're bigger. Nobody keeps it from the... No, Luke. All Here right. we go with Luke okay. trying to create rules on the fly again. All right. Uh, well, it's just for that, Rick, you have to pick first. Uh, I'm going to stick with Devin Booker. I'm just going to keep it rolling with Book. Let Book cook. Let Book oh, cook. I see. All right. Aaron? No. All you guys. <laughs> Wolf? Okay, I'm going to say that Kevin Durant, who had a very tepid game, I would say, last night tepid. for KD, I think Kevin Durant is going to go off. The Slim Reaper comes out, and he starts swinging the sickle. Kevin Durant scores more points than Devin Booker. I'm having a tough time with this one. I want to say push. Um, all right, so we've got one book for Rick. Do you want me to make it easier for you? Yeah, go ahead. I was 1,000% going to go with Kevin Durant. Okay. Exactly the same reason why Wolf said. Okay. If Wolf went book, I was going to go book just so we keep our record, you know, the same. Yeah. I'm going Kevin. (laughs) I thought you were going to say for sure that you were going book. No, because did you hear Kevin Durant after the game last night? He was not happy. Yeah, he was not. Yeah, Yeah. I don't really see that happening two games in a row. Man, you guys have all made very compelling arguments. I'm going to have to go with Yusuf Nurkic. (laughs) You're kidding. I kind of want to go with Kevin, too. I'm going to go with Kevin. Give me Kevin. I'm going to keep this undefeated record. I'm putting it on the line that I have over the last 24 hours. Yes. Three Kevins and a Devin. All right. Should we make like... going to go from, let's see, regular season to after the All-Star break to just on this road trip. Yeah. (laughs) Just in Texas. So far, I'm 1-0 in Texas. We should make like a different kind of rule where if the other player scores the other person's jersey number. Oh, jeez. Okay, wait. Then it's a push. Because so Devin Booker had 35 last night. But, I mean, KD would have to have one yeah, point. Yeah, if he puts and, up one, then I'm not and coming you know to what? work. Because we know what happens, so. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, I'm going to go with. <laughs> you guys are weird. <laughs> yes, we're weird. Don't you have a stat to back that up, Wolf? All right. Yeah, let me, hold on. Wait, let me look. Three Kevins. I don't. One Devin. Guy puts up 35, and then we all take Kevin. What's going on around here? Uh, all right. The, uh, the game tonight uh, is more than just zaniness and picking Kevin or Devin. It's a bounce-back game now, Wolf. I don't know that you want to come out of the All-Star break losing two games in 27 hours. So you're big on the prove-it mentality. I think we're in the prove-it uh, mentality range of the season at this point. Yeah, you know, again, I, I think the the Phoenix Suns need to continue to grow and evolve. I, they are not a finished product, and it's frustrating right now when you see Bradley Beal go out. And it's frustrating because you just, you had this feeling, did you not, brothers and sisters, that the big three were starting to gel, for lack of a better way of saying it. That they were starting, we were starting to see the production from all three of them, and to see them play together and then go out and win more games. A lot more games, as a matter of fact, to where you were 19-7 and over a 26-game span. I, we're, 
it's like incomplete right now, what we're seeing. And that really bothers me. Uh, here's Vince Carter on Inside the NBA last night. And he brought up why not having Beal was uh, maybe especially hurtful last night. I think this is where Bradley Beal is missed. And they have to figure out ways to, to close games. You know, they, they, they build a lead, and I think they get comfortable. And then, obviously, defense, you make your adjustments at halftime. You're trying to slow down Booker. You're trying to slow, slow down Durant. And that's where, where Bradley Bill can shine. I mean, like I say, he's averaging 18. And they got 16 from Gordon and, and 10 points and 21 points, 24 points off the bench. So they're gonna have, their bench scoring is that definitely uh, of concern as well. Just seems like something else to me. I, I'm sorry. It really doesn't. I, I know that... You want to look at the names and you you want to look at the production that is out there. It seems like a collection to me. When I look at the Phoenix Suns and what it is that the Phoenix Suns are missing, I, I can't put my finger on it, Luke. I, I can't, and that really is not a good thing. I understand that for a lot of you people that might be listening right now. But it just it's it's a bit of a mystery to me. And what it is, what it what what plagues the Phoenix Suns to me is Things you can't see. The intensity level I've been talking about for the longest time. And I think you got to see it again. A lack of intensity coming out of the tunnel. It it does get kind of muddled, though, when you're... I've been saying this all year, but when you're missing one of the big three, because what Vince Carter just said right there makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's a good point. Like, that second half, when when nobody can score, and all of a sudden you're giving up a 16-0 run tends to be when a Bradley Beal would be like, hey, okay, you've put everybody on KD or you've switched everything up on sure. Booker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least get like four or five in here and stop the bleeding a little bit, and you don't have them. But I go back to the promo we've been playing throughout the day from Burns and Gambo. I think it's Burns that says, you know, that's like, am I worried about Bradley Beal's injury right now? No, but it just feels like there's always something. And that's not a knock on Bradley Beal because he's played through some stuff this season. But we can talk about fourth quarter. We can talk about defense. We can talk about turnovers. We can talk about all these things for the next month and a half. But if they don't have the big three healthy going into the playoffs, I don't know who they can Okay, so once again, at the All-Star break, look, everybody, it's Royce O'Neal, and you know how jacked up I was. David Roddy, even. Okay, because I thought he was going to be a guy. He was was a long-term solution, David Roddy, of course. He was a guy that we expect to be here beyond this year, as we do Royce O'Neal as well. Yet at the same time, you looked at Royce O'Neal more as a fix right now to what was ailing the Phoenix Suns. And it was toughness. It was physicality. It was intensity. It was all that stuff that I love. And um, I don't know if we've actually seen that yet. I don't know if we've actually seen his impact yet long-term on this team going forward. But make no mistake about it, this is where I'm at. There's something going on to me that you cannot see. And yet, guys inside that locker room, I believe, know what it is. And I think they're going to be able to fix it. I'm banking on that. All right, text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Diamondbacks are already playing against the Colorado Rockies. We already have the first hit of spring training, Wolf. You don't know who it is, and I'm not going to tell you until we come back. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Do you know to be what I 
Hey, everybody. It's Bernsey. The Arizona Diamondbacks are back on the field today for the first time since the World Series. How high can our expectations really be for them this season? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, and it starts at straight up 2 o'clock. That's scoreless. That's Salt River Fields. Wolf. I know you're not going to say anything until Ed was Waldchuk. How do you say his last name? Is it, Ed something in this band. Until what he starts up? yelling. People of the song. I should get like something know, for that. A lot of money. <laughs> like substantial bars of gold is what I should get for that. Hi, Wolf. Hey, care to guess who got the first Diamondbacks hit of the Cactus League? I'm just going to go Corbin Carroll. Oh, wow. I had the buzzer right here. Guess buzzer again. Ready to go. Corbin's actually not in the lineup today, so you had no chance. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go Gabby Moreno. Okay, thank you. Um, Alec Thomas. Um, Araldo Perdomo. <laughs> How many of these can you go oh, through? Jake McCarthy. He was um, batting second. We are literally doing this until he gets it. I, yeah, okay. I mean, now there's... Cattell Marte. Oh, yay. Wait, was it Cattell? Yeah, don't it. <laughs> yeah, but you were first of all, no, I'm just saying, what if if you you're telling me Corbin didn't even play? No. Why not? I, I here somebody called so Tori. So why would Cattell Marte be? Oh, everybody there? else is playing. Marte's playing, oh, uh, Moreno's okay. playing, Walker's Walker playing. playing? Yeah. Okay. Walker's starting outfield will play tomorrow according yeah, to Tori Lavelle. See that? So starting outfield did not play today. Is that what you're saying? Your your reaction to to yes, getting Marte Barossa, right. McCarthy and Peterson are the outfielders. Today. I see. Oh, Jock Peterson, you know they couldn't wait to get him out there. Ivan hey, Melendez is up right now. This Did is my you guy. see Jock Peterson show up to spring training? On the. Um, what are those called? Nah, I can't think of it. The hoverboards? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what he do just, you mean? Jock Peterson. No, I, I did not see With the it. beanie? The longboard? The, the hoodie? Did you? No, I did not say uh, that. I'm not a longboard. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. No, one of the ones with the wheels on the side. The kids, I think, call it. A, the thrashers out there call it a longboard. Thrashers, board. huh? Longboards, isn't that like a, that's yeah, a long a skateboard. Big, long yeah, skateboard. he wasn't on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a thing, but he wasn't oh, okay. on that. Yeah, he right. was on the hoverboard. Well, I thought the, you were looking at me like scoffing. That well, it was a longboard. It's just ridiculous that he'd be riding a longboard into Salt River Fields. Yes, that was. Whereas well, a hoverboard was a lot more realistic. Well, I've been out there many, many times uh, to the Salt River Fields, of course. Mm-hmm. And where you park, it's a long walk, is it not? Yeah. So I thought maybe well, he had a longboard. Especially where you parked last year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just... Shut it, Luke. <laughs> I, I pull up last year for the first game, and I think Rick was there. Rick was there, right? And we you know if we're kind of hey, is that your car? There's your car, and then like way off over the horizon in the hills, we could see the shadow of Wolf. I got the memo. <laughs> and the memo was incorrect. Apparently, Wolf parked at Chase Field for the games at Salt River Fields okay. last year. Um, no, Marte has the first hit, picking up where he left off in the postseason, where he had a hit in every game. And uh, Ivan Melendez is up right now. I'm telling you, I'm all in on Melendez, Wolf. All in. Okay. I don't know about for this year, but I'm all in. All right, good. He's what they eventually need, and he just struck out. Okay. So not really selling my point there, but still.
Uh, scoreless against the Rockies. Spring training's officially here. We're going to be out there on Tuesday against the Texas Rangers. And we're going to be out there a couple more times throughout the spring. So I'm fired up for this, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Okay. So Candy Crush on Mel your phone? went ahead and actually oh. sent me the picture right there. That's Jack Peterson. Is that, that that's what you're saying? I don't have your phone. Yes, it's Jock Peterson. <laughs> okay, what I sent you was Jock Peterson. All right. Well, no, we were talking about that. The hoverboard yeah. or whatever that is. That what that's called? That's the called the hoverboard, right? You the know what I don't the... like about that is people that are on those. They just think they're so much better than you. He does look don't like they? in that. that they picture. look at you like they're just so much. You're walking around. Why would I walk? <laughs> Right? I mean... I gotta be honest, and I promise I will not make this reference all season, like every time, but Jock Peterson rolled up in that. My first thought was, it's probably good Tommy Pham's not still (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think about it, right? Basin earnings, you've seen these people on these hoverboards, right? They stand. It's it's wheels. There's two wheels, and they just stand on this board. (laughs) And I just... Tip forward and it goes forward and you know what? I'm just so smart smarter than you are. You're you're walking around. Why would I walk when I can board around? Yeah, why why would I walk when I can just lean one way or the other? <laughs> My biggest issue with these is that they don't actually hover. I thought no. in twenty twenty four we would be able to fly around on something. Mm. Back to the future too, like yes. I feel like that wasn't that like based in twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen? And that was a hoverboard. I have no idea. Yes, an actual hoverboard. Yeah. I also am quite impressed that Wolf knew you lean forward to go forward. (laughs) Right? Have you been on a hoverboard? I appreciate that. Does Ved have one? No, I have never been on that whatsoever. So how do you know? I I don't know. It's just, what do you mean, how do I know? I I mean, I've seen, you know, movies and stuff like that. What? Yeah, you going to tell me you've never seen a hoverboard? In a movie? In a movie. It is one of the most pivotal scenes of The Godfather when uh, Michael Corleone goes rolling in <laughs> okay. on the hoverboard. I'm not talking about The Godfather, oh, okay. Luke. I'm talking about, what, you think that's the only movie I've ever seen? I mean, I didn't see it in Goodwill Hunting either. Yeah, well, stop it. You're so funny, you man. Like, you like hoverboards? You're so funny. How I do you like them laugh. hoverboards? Right. I just, yeah, jock. Okay. <laughs> To his me, nick- that's not a great first impression. His nickname is Hoverboard for the He's rest of the year. going to show up and you're on a hoverboard. <laughs> Until he does something Look, else. Are you kidding me? He's I, Hoverboard. The, these workouts here in spring training are so strenuous, I'm not going to walk around here. He's saving his energy for the regular season. So, anyways, Jock Peterson, actually, did they say where he played, what corner? Left, right? He left. Left and he walked Left actually. Field. Okay. So, do you think he took the hoverboard? Remember, to first Jack base? Peterson. He, he wants to. He wants to be considered in terms of playing in the field. Yeah. And this is going to be interesting. Game one, and there's Jock Peterson. He's out there. No reaction. I think we're going to see a lot more of Jock Peterson. He draws a this walk. Spring. You think he just leaned towards first base? Please stop, please. <laughs> it's like the uh, we, we Michael it. Jackson. Yeah, it is. Oh, he just like lean way over was, to the right. That was one of the greatest things ever when you saw him do that. We should right? recreate that video on the show. <laughs> but on a hoverboard. Yes, while Wolf sings the Freaky Mike okay. Hazen song. Honestly, right now, um, I wonder how the consultant feels about this beautiful part of the <laughs> Freaky Mike Hazen, wheeling and dealing. <laughs> He's got the wheeling part in there and everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine seeing Mike Hazen, the Freaky Mike Hazen? On a hoverboard, basically. I cannot. I mean, just how I can you? He's walking around, not walking, he's just standing there and he's leaning. 
I can't see Mike Hazen doing that. <laughs> can't be bothered There's to step There's no forward. way in the world Hazen would get on a hoverboard. All Isn't right. that right, Freaky Mike? You'd have to rewrite the entire song. We come back. Busy week around the world of sports. We're going to wrap all of it up for you in the uh, in the work week wrap up. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports league. Next. Hey, everybody, Dan Bickley here, and what shape will the Suns be in by Monday morning? We'll get into it starting at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, here we go. Work week wrap up. You ready? Yeah. Hats on backwards. Born ready. Here's Monday. 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 The Coyotes lost to the Oilers 6 3. Tuesday. Tuesday. Ready for Tuesday? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Monday was brief, wasn't Monday it? Monday was a holiday. Okay. Uh, Tuesday, D-backs president and CEO Derek Hall joined us, told us the D-backs have no plans of going anywhere amid stadium uncertainty. What he did was he obviously went to, there are cities that have an interest in teams because those rumors are out there. Not about us, but just about teams or cities that are trying to lure teams or want to be an expansion city and they're ready to go and they're getting legislative support and all that. He went there so he could say, we're not talking to them. We're not engaged with them. We want to be here. So, you know, we have no plans of going anywhere. And and we've had this discussion in the past, the three of us. Derek Hall was like a guest co-host of the week this week. Joined yeah, us twice. we had him twice, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah, I love talking to Dave. Uh, this is Thaddeus Young. He was talking about joining the Suns and officially signing with the team after they've been trying to get him off and on for, I don't know, 10 years. You know, I, I told Frank this and I told James this, like, you know, I'm a, a whatever it takes type guy. So, you know, whatever it takes, you know, if, it, if it's nights where I'm not playing, hey, so be it. I'll figure out other ways to, you know, stay engaged with the game and help guys, uh, young guys on the bench and stuff stay engaged in the game. Um, you know, if, uh, if it's nights where I'm playing, I'm going to give you my all 100% and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help us get that win. Man, I love listening to Thaddeus Young right there because it reminds me of an old lion. An old lion who's still got that roar. And that's exactly what I think the Suns need. More roar. More lion. Uh, NFL.com's Daniel Jeremiah released his latest mock draft. Has the Cardinals not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. because he has the Patriots taking him at number three. He has the Cardinals staying there, though, and taking Malik Neighbors at four. Neighbors is just like a stick of dynamite. I mean, he's he's super, super explosive. Just get the ball in his hands and let him go. Um, I think there's more to him in terms of a route runner. I think he'll get more opportunities to show that at the next level. Uh, but he is ultra, ultra explosive. Yeah, that is awesome right there. It really is. Um, I love Malik Neighbors. I just think also that Marvin Harrison Jr. is not even close. I don't think he has a peer. When I watch this kid run routes and when I think of his dad, all I can do is think of his father as I'm watching this kid go about his business. It reminds me so much of how important legacy is, how important context is. And I think his dad provides him with a lot of context based on everything I've read. I, the one thing I read this week 
that might be the most important thing ever. It was like this random fact on him. He once set up a jugs machine in a hotel. <laughs> that right there. If that doesn't scream top four pick, I don't know what, what more you need. So. Uh, college football playoff, they, uh, they, the board of managers unanimously approved the model where it's going to be the top five conference champs and then the next seven highest ranked teams. That was on Tuesday as well. On to Wednesday. Wednesday. Frank Vogel on Bickley and Murata for Newsmakers Week gave an update on Bradley Beal. Yeah, Brad had a procedure on his nose, and, and hopefully uh, you know that has been reset and uh, is, be, is behind him. Uh, the hamstring is doing well, and um, you know we got to see how he responds to uh, yesterday's work, uh, we'll have a practice today, uh, later today in Dallas, uh, which will really be able to, to get out and test it and see how it feels. But we're hoping to have him available. You know, when I think of Bradley Beal and uh, the mask, of course, and everything he's been through and waiting to get his nose reset over the All-Star break. And Bradley Beal, I think, is one of these guys who is tough. He is a tough guy. I played with many, many guys who were tough. But for whatever reason, they had a hard time staying healthy. He might be one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't always that way throughout his career, but it has been the last couple of years. I, I give him credit. He's been playing through a lot, but he didn't play last night, and he is doubtful to play tonight. Uh, also Wednesday, Cardinals part of ways with VP of player personnel Quentin Harris. And the Coyotes lost their 11th straight game, this time 6-3 to the Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews, two more goals, so 51 for him in 54 games, which is like, that's like 1970s numbers for a goal scorer. On Thursday. Thursday. Uh, did you just call him the American? The American. That's what the Canadians call him. The American. Um, Monty Austinfort was on with Bickley and Murata for Newsmakers Week. Talked about free agency. We are definitely going to be active in free agency. You know, what does that mean? You know, I, I can't spell that out for you right now. I don't know what that means, like, because we don't completely control that, right? Uh, there's, there's a market and there's players that we think are going to be available right now that two weeks from now are not going to be available. Yeah, you know, once again, I think we're going to see the Arizona Cardinals take a very measured approach to free agency. I don't think we're going to see any big splashes. I I could be dead wrong on that. Dead wrong. But I don't think so. I think we're going to see this rookie class grow um, and be counted on to continue to get better. And then I think this new draft class, of course. But I think we're going to see more veteran pros that are out there. More glue guys in free agency. We're only two and a half weeks away from legal tampering in the NFL. How about that? We're almost Can't there. wait for that. Right. What a brilliant thing by the NFL. Legal tampering. D-backs now know how and when their games are going to be televised in 2024, agreeing with MLB Media on a one-year TV deal on Thursday. Uh, it's a return to MLB production after the league picked up the team midseason following the D-backs split with Bally Sports Arizona last July. Now, Derek Hall came back on the show this morning to really clarify some fairly big confusion on the deal. As soon as we know what those those channels are when they're finalized and all the distribution negotiations are buttoned up by MLB, we'll be able to do that again and say, hey, if you're on direct TV, you can watch here. If you're on Cox, you can watch here. If you're Comcast in Tucson, you can watch here. Cable One, here's where you can see it. So that that's coming. But this is just, the announcement yesterday was really just about streaming. And, and I did receive, rightly so, I received some calls and, and emails from fans saying, wait, does that mean I can't watch on TV? I just have to, I have to pay for this, subscribe and stream? No, not at all. You know, that's for those that want to stream. So wow. glad he called in and did that. <laughs> that was really, really important right there. That was awesome. Thank you, D. Hall for clearing that up for us. Now, it's so the MLB TV thing is is an option to allow you to watch the game on your phone or wherever you can do it. When it's an option, it's great. I love it as awesome. an option. 
Just uh, not the only option. I mean, think about what a great deal that is. You get 162 games for what? 100 bucks? Yeah, take it anywhere. But you don't have to do it that Killer. way. Killer. Uh, the NBA is suspending Isaiah Stewart for three games after his altercation with Drew Eubanks. I don't want to take nothing away from you, but uh, sucker punch is a sucker punch. Bradley Beal out for the the Suns' first game last night against the Mavericks. First game back from the All-Star break. (laughs) I just need that as my ringtone. A sucker punch right there. Isn't that right, Draymond Green? Uh, ASU pulled off a mighty comeback to force a back-and-forth overtime in a loss against the Huskies. Suns slowed down during three surges in the second half. They lose to the Mavericks 123-113. to That takes us to Friday. Friday. Salary cap for the 2024 NFL season is going to be $255.4 million per team. Show me the money. Show me the money! (laughs) Diamondbacks in action for their first spring training game of the year against the Rockies right now, Wolf. It is still scoreless. Here's Christian Walker when he joined us this week. Yeah, we can already tell there's there's a little bit different of an energy. Um, And I think that's cool. I think, um, you know, you hear a lot about the same teams over and over again, and and it's, it's cool when when a team like us, you know, or a team like the Rangers comes on the scene and, and it seems like they're going to be able to have some sustained, sustained, sustained success. And, um, yeah, it's exciting, man. It, it, it makes you buy into how good we actually are. Love Woke. Woke Walker. Woke Walker. Uh, Suns looking to bounce back against the Rockets tonight. Tip off six right here on 98.7. Thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. As far as that, that pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.